Let's pray together. God, it's a wonder to always come to your word and to sense its richness and to dig deep only to discover there's even more, that it's deeper still. And so then, Lord, that your power um, uses, by your power you use your word and, um, and, and, and place it in our hearts so that it takes root. I just pray that your will would be done today, that you would speak, that you'd compel, that you'd comfort. Through Christ I pray. Amen. So last time we shared this account of Jesus and his disciples, Mark chapter 9, where his disciples are unable to heal this boy who is um, possessed by a demon. Father brings his son to the disciples, and the disciples have been able to, to, to cast out demons before, but this demon they're not able to. And they're frustrated. The dad's frustrated with them. I'm sure they're frustrated with themselves. Jesus knows that they could have this power, but they were doing things. Something was hindering the flow of God's power through them. That's what I'm ta- I want to talk about a little bit today. And so in private, they asked Jesus, why couldn't we heal them? And I love that sense of desperation, that teachability. They didn't just minimize or excuse. They said, okay, Jesus, what do we need to learn? Why couldn't we? And Jesus said, these kind, this kind comes only out through, out through uh, much prayer, or some old translations say through fasting and prayer, prayer and fasting. If there's, there's a deeper kind of prayer that is needed. There's a deeper kind of intimacy with God that is needed. So today I want to talk a little bit more about that whole this kind thing, and um, and and what. How, how we clean out what's clogging the power of God's, the power of God through our lives so that in our generation, we can experience the power of God through us to make the difference that God wants to make for people today. So um, when, when Jesus says this kind only comes out, what he means by this kind requires greater wisdom, greater power, need to understand what's going on. Um, hold that thought. Uh, as we go back to a story in the Old Testament of the Bible about Isaac, in Genesis chapter 26, verse 17, um, Isaac is the son of Abraham. He was the son of promise. God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a son. And when um, Abraham is uh, you know, 100 years old, he has a son and and it's Isaac, and and there's not a whole lot said about Isaac. We get more, much more on Jacob, his son. Um, and most of what is said about Isaac is not necessarily good. But this is an interesting obs- observation in the life of Isaac. He is um, uh, in the Gaza region. He's he's kind of east and south of Bethlehem, if you have an idea of the geography there of Israel. Verse 17 says, So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerer and settled it there. And Isaac dug again wells, the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, 
which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. Understand, Isaac here is, has been a Bedouin, and now he's moved to a new place. And one of the first thing you need if you go to a place is you need water. Without water, you die. That is why there were so many battles that were fought in ancient times and in, in, the, in the ancient Near East, for instance, just over wells. The territory wasn't so much the land, it was the wells, it was the water. And so Isaac here is, is, is desperate to find water, just got to this place, desperate for water. And, um, and, and so what does he do? He says to his workers, uh, go find the wells that my father dug and we'll get water there. The first thing we need to appreciate about Isaac here is that he's looking for what is essential for life. And that leads him to desperation. He is desperate and the need is urgent. This reminds me of Jesus in John chapter four, when Jesus is with the woman at the well and he says to her, come to me and I will give you water teeming you know, for life that will always give you life. Jesus. Jesus is the living water that people are desperate for. But there's not a connect, but we have to dig to find him. We have to do some work to get to him. We, like Isaac, are desperate for the living water of Christ to refresh our dehydrated lives. There's hope that we cannot have until we have hope in him. There is truth that gives life, that keeps us from being chaotic, life being chaotic. And Jesus says, I am the truth. There's freedom that we need. But freedom is not found just anywhere. Freedom is not found in just doing whatever you want. Freedom is found in the presence of Jesus Christ, in the living water of Christ in your life. There's power that we need, power to overcome our challenges, power to overcome our discouragements, power to overcome the, 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 the mountains that are in front of us. But that power is from the living water of Jesus. We are desperate. The world is desperate for the, the, the living water that is found in Jesus alone. But notice where Isaac turns to find the water. He doesn't turn to try to discover some new wells. He doesn't go out and find some prospectors. He doesn't go out and find some water diviners. You know, oh, those things that my dad did, that old pass. We're so much better than he is. We can do so much better than he did. He says, let's go back to the wells that God already provided and is shown to be true to our father, Abraham. This is no time for speculation and experimentation. It reminds me of that verse in scripture in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths, 
where is the good, where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. See, this is the tension of every generation. God says, I've given you ancient truth. I've given you truth that will transcend time. It, will be, it is true yesterday. It will be true today. It will be true tomorrow. But when people reject God, they accept this whole idea of progressivism, like we are, we've progressed beyond the past. And because we've made scientific progress and people put their, and people tend to be lower story um, materialists, they'll say, oh, then we must have progressed morally as well. We must have progressed spiritually as well. And so this attitude of progressivism basically makes people say, oh, we don't want those ancient wells of, 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 you know, that, that God provided that we were used in the past for those people. Those people were more primitive than we. Let's find new wells. But Isaac is wise enough to go back to the ancient wells, go return to the ancient paths. Because Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. And he has always been the way. He has always been the truth. He's always been the life. Arrogance says we are superior. Humility says turn to the ancient wells. But the problem is in verse 18, the Philistines had stopped up the wells. Once Abraham died, the Philistines, who are the enemies of God, remember um, Goliath was a Philistine. The, the Philistines were constantly at war with the um, with, with the people of God. And they came in and they stopped up the wells. They didn't want God's water flowing to help other people. Now, the first thing we need to learn from this is in our generation today, we have to rediscover the ancient wells of the living water of Jesus Christ. This is no time for experimentation. This is no time for us putting confidence. If we can just, you know, adjust things a little bit more here and there. Let me say it like this. Um, I'll have people, I've had people in the last year. It's funny. It didn't happen before that. Um, but I will preach stuff that I preached 20 years ago, 15 years ago, that was uncontroversial. I mean, people in the extremes, maybe, but... Um, and, you know, like, uh, whether about, I'll say something about um, marriage or sex outside marriage or living together or homosexuality or transgender or whatever. And, and I've had more than one person tell me, Brett, if you keep preaching like that, aren't you afraid that people are going to leave the church? You know, and I've, we've had people leave the church because, you know, you're just, you just, you know, don't agree, that, you know, with what you believe about homosexuality or, or, um, or marriage. Um, but what they fail to realize is they're, God is always telling us, return to the ancient paths. Our calling is not to adjust to the immorality of an immoral world. I told a friend recently in Second Timothy chapter 4 is one of the first things that is impressed upon us as ministers and we're told to 
be prepared to preach in season and out of season, to correct, rebuke, and encourage with great faithfulness and careful instruction, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. They won't put up with what the Bible is teaching. With They don't want to go to those ancient wells. Instead, they'll stop them up. The Philistines come along and they'll stop them up. And, to, um, and they will gather around them, Paul says, people who will say what their itching ears want to hear. Part of the reason that people lack power today, the power of God in our lives, is because the ancient wells have been stopped up by the Philistines. And the Philistines, there are always Philistines, and they're always stopping up the living waters of God. And so this is a call to repentance. When Jesus says to his disciples, these things, this thing, uh, comes only out through great prayer, what he's saying to them is, you have to unclog whatever is clogging the living water from flowing through your life. You must repent of whatever is keeping you from being completely holy. But not only that, and the challenge, and I'm, and I'm you know, it is a challenge for all of us. I say this as a fellow struggler. Um, we have to repent of that which is, com is not completely surrendered to God. Maybe it's not a matter of being holy or unholy. Maybe it's just a matter of being resistant in our surrender. Yeah, I've surrendered my finances to God, but I haven't surrendered them completely to God. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I tithe, but I know if I really believed, I would do more. I could try. It doesn't, it doesn't take much faith for me to give to God what I'm giving. You know, again, we're kind of like the father in the story with Jesus in Mark chapter 9. I believe, but help my unbelief. So there are Philistines in our soul, there are Philistines in our world that are constantly clogging up the wells where the living water of God would flow through. Maybe it's bad habits. Maybe it's bad habits that clog them up or bad habits that just keep you, maybe not terrible things that you're doing are sinful, but they just keep you from developing good habits. You know, maybe a little less television, a little more scripture and, and prayer. Again, the question is how desperate are we? How desperate are we for the living water? How desperate are we to be able to help bring healing to little boys who are possessed by evil spirits as, this, as the, the, the boy that was brought to the disciples in Mark chapter 9. Maybe it's uh, some bad doctrine that you've bought into. It breaks my heart the number of people who are more committed to their politics than they are to Scripture. And by the way, you've seen the surveys, I hope, that make it, you know, for, for years, the, you know, um, people like to criticize Christians for being, you know, these right-wingers that are just right-wingers kind of thing. But the, the, the most recent surveys have proven that it's not, it's not conservative Christians who are most adamant about their politics and, and, and intolerant. It is 
it is progressive Christians who are progressive politically. And, and I just see it true over and over again. That's why the abortion issue, I think, is such a big deal. My Body, My Choice is the hymn of, of Satan. I mean, it's the hymn of evil. What is the issue there? It's who is in authority over all of life? Is God in authority? Is it God's body? Or is it yours? And people who are in total rebellion to God um, will, you know, they're completely dedicated to their own individual autonomy. Um, again, my point is not political. My point is there are, the Philistines are constantly clogging the streams of life that would allow life-giving water to flow to people and to our generation. So the question is, what's blogging? What's blocking the flow of God's living water in you? What lack of discipline? Maybe it's an overt sin, and you need to repent and confess. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's some injury that's been done to you in the past, and it just it makes it hard for you to trust God. Maybe it's a lack of discipleship. Are you desperate enough to have God's power at work in your life that you will get yourself a mentor, a spiritual mentor, that you will get in, involved in some kind of discipleship group so that God can speak to you through other people and help you grow and draw closer to him through other people? Again, I, I'm not saying that to um, as, as a program thing. It's just like, how desperate are you for the living water of God in your life? If you're not desperate, I can't make you desperate. But if we're asking the question, God, the, the disciples ask Jesus, why can't we? If we're asking, if we're hungry, if we're thirsty like Isaac, desperate for finding the living water that will bring them life, then we'll do everything that we can to unclog that stream and to get that living water. Maybe for you it's insecurity. Maybe there's an insecurity because you're, you've tried to place your confidence so much in yourself and you realize that you're, you're not competent, you're not perfect, you're not, you're not strong. Um, what's it like to turn your life over to Jesus so that he takes away your insecurity and gives you his confidence? Well, whatever your next step, I need to, today I will unclog what the Philistines have clogged to find those old wells so that God's power can flow through us in this generation. Heavenly Father, would you speak to each of us today to be your people? Would you clean out those unclogged wells? And if we have participated in clogging them, Lord, we repent. But help us to have the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ, the vision of Christ, and the willingness of Christ to say, wherever you lead, we will follow. And if it takes us to crosses, Lord, you've told us that your disciples must pick up their cross daily and follow you. Help us to pick up a cross today to follow you. Through Christ I pray. Amen. Well, if you have any questions, I hope that you will reach out and ask. And um, I do appreciate the feedback that you all give from time to time. But uh, let's, let's unclog some 
some wells and see God's power flowing through us in this generation.